Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainkey. All right, Scott. So thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to talk about asset protection for entrepreneurs. Before we dig into that, can you just tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your path and how you got here? Yeah. So um, I'm I'm an asset protection attorney. Um, I work a lot with real estate investors and entrepreneurs. What we specialize in is how do uh, companies need to operate so that way they can operate most efficiently for what every individual person needs. But I started, um, you know, selling candy and doing lawn mowing when I was eight years old. I bought my first piece of commercial property um, while I was in law school and had an active transmission auto repair business that we were running simultaneously. Flipped that to graduate from law school without any debt. Went in to be a litigation attorney for a couple of years, suing insurance companies because the thing is people don't realize insurance companies are in a business of collecting premiums and denying coverage. And I was suing them when they didn't pay out when they should have. And now I work with real estate investors um, and, uh, and entrepreneurs on business structuring to help protect the wealth that they work so hard to create. No, I love it. I think that this sort of topic of something like asset protection sounds so scary. Um, so can you just kind of give us like a easy layman's understanding of what asset protection really means. Yeah. So the first thing you have to understand is that rich people don't own things. Rich people have companies that own things, right? I have one, I had a, I had a friend of mine who lost $3 million in real estate from a single lawsuit because he held anything, held everything in his personal name. And that's when I first realized, I said, wow, man, holding things in your personal name is really just a catastrophe waiting to happen because you don't control when lawsuits happen to you. It doesn't matter how honest you are or how good of a person you are or anything like that. It's somebody else making a decision to do something, right? So um, that's when I first, you know, started to, to learn about the importance of it. And man, does it really, the, the tools that you can use um, are as simple as just LLC structures filed in one of the four key states that have the best asset protection laws like Texas, Delaware, Nevada, or Wyoming. Um, and just that and taking your assets and holding it in that LLC protects you in case you have a lawsuit, right? Somebody, you get into a car accident that exceeds the limits of liability of your car insurance policy, or, you know, you're running your business and somebody sues you personally because of an email you sent them. They said that, you know, we're committed fraud, which insurance never protects you from an instance of fraud. Any of these things that happen, it's just a simple LLC structure. And, you know, now you can get sued all day long, but people can't touch your stuff, which I think is pretty cool. And, you know, it's funny that the way you phrased it, because it's exactly how I always talk about on the podcast. And it's the people that are listening, guys, don't be overwhelmed with the term like asset protection. It's the same ideas of what I've been talking about before to you. I'm just bringing Scott to come in and kind of flesh out some things. We're going to dig into exactly how to do all of this. But listen to what he just said. It's people who are trucking along and then all of a sudden they have an issue. I always say you never have an issue till you have an issue, but you can't undo it once you're on the brunt end of a lawsuit. And as an attorney myself, I hate, and I the word hate is extremely strong, I hate the feeling that I get when an entrepreneur calls me, not because you guys are calling me, but because you're calling me because you now have an issue and your house is on the line, your personal stuff's on the line, and you're a subject of a lawsuit and you're like, oh crap, what do I do? Well, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, which So that's why we have Scott here to kind of flesh out a little bit more 
on this asset protection. I want to hone in on the very specific thing that you said about um, essentially being personally liable for the actions that entrepreneurs do. Can you explain a bit about that in a context that many who remember that are listening are really newer in business, potentially, and don't really understand what that means and what the pitfalls are with that? Yeah. So, um, Typically, what you should always be thinking about, whether you're a real estate investor or you're an entrepreneur, um, is just what are the best practices that major companies use, right? And the question would be is, you know, can I afford to do what major companies do? And the answer is yes, right? Uh, because of the new efficiencies that are built in with asset protection, right? With LLC structuring. So the one thing that every uh, real estate investor and entrepreneur needs to do is they, they actually need two companies. They need one company that holds all of their assets. So for... And that's that's your all of your personal wealth, if it's, this is your personal asset holding for your LLC, or it's all of your business wealth, meaning like your trademarks or intellectual property, any patents that you have, anything that has value to your company that you'd be sad if you lost. That's one company. Then you actually need a completely separate company um, that does all of your active day-to-day -day business operations, right? So what that looks like is that that's your face to the world that everybody's going to interact with. It's going to send all your emails. It's going to be, you know, what the, you know, any of your contractors are going to sign contracts with. A everything would go into that separate LLC. So what this really means in the net effect of it is that you have one LLC which owns everything and it does absolutely nothing because anytime you do something, you have liability. And then you have a completely separate LLC that does everything, but it doesn't own anything. And that's that boogeyman LLC that we hear about called a shell corporation. But the reality is the reason why people use shell corporations is because they're highly effective and they protect you. Why would we ever wait until we're worth millions of dollars to put something in place relatively inexpensively for you know less than $1,000 in some states um, that you can have all of these amazing protections that, you know, that all of the big businesses use. We could all be doing it. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I'm going to pause him there real quick just to point you guys to a couple episodes where we can flesh out a lot more of the nitty gritty of this so that we can keep going on here. So we have episode five. You guys can find it at rachelbrinke.com. This is one of the layers of protection. And then episode 31 and 32 are very specific into business entities and what they are and how they work, as well as how to set them up. And I bring that now because, Scott, I want to ask you, why, you keep saying LLC, and I have my own personal reasons why LLC is pretty you know, pretty recommended to many um, individual entrepreneurs. Is that kind of your go-to? What about corporations? Yeah. So LLCs are always the go-to uh, for most all entrepreneurs, right? And because it's usually the easiest thing to form and maintain. Like I don't, for most states, you don't even have to have yearly minutes. I like to use Texas because Texas doesn't have any ongoing fees. It has strong asset protection and there's no yearly requirements of what you have to do to maintain the LLC um, besides just a simple franchise tax filing, which takes like 10 minutes to do. Oh, um, even Matt, I'm a Texas. Yeah. yeah. I'm a yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the way to go for that. Now, all of the other pieces, like your other options, so like, oh, S corporation, C corporation, whatever, that has everything to do with taxes. It doesn't have anything to do with protections. So really what you have to do is decide what's my best tax treatment and then work backwards into LLCs. Now, if you're beginning and you're making less than, say, you know, $80,000 a year in profits that you're pulling out to yourself every year, then an LLC is typically the right way to go. Once you start getting to that 50 to 80 or 80 plus range, then you're going to 
want to start using an S corporation to pull your income out. And those are more advanced strategies um, to look at with how do you do the holding and how does the, the, the money flow through the S corporation that you become your own employee of your own S corporation and therefore able to avoid self-employment tax. Um, so there, there's a strategy into that, but your number one bread and butter thing to do is, is just go ahead and get some LLCs put in place. Then once you decide to say, well, now I have to start looking at this tax piece. Um, cool. Well, all you have to do at that point is then file an election for your LLC to be taxed as an S corporation. So you don't even have to do anything extra at that point. So you always just file an LLC. There's no reason to do anything else. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that is definitely kind of one of my favorite strategic things that I look for. And I also use it as a qualifier when I talk to CPAs. I don't know why. It just seems to be like the, the holy grail. I want to see if they can comprehend because I've seen many CPAs. And guys, we're not going to go down this whole path of taxes. We'll get back to actual asset protection. But if you're thinking, oh, I'm at that threshold that he just mentioned, maybe I need to consider talking to a CPA. I've seen many CPAs who will automatically go, oh, you need to get rid of the LLC formation and you need to be a corporation in order to be taxed properly. And I'm not even a CPA and I know that's not the way it works. You can be an LLC because that's formed at the state level and take the election like Scott was just talking about at the IRS tax level and it doesn't require an actual structure change. I don't know. I just, I often like to see what CPA's response to that be because I see many that make them make their clients do a whole conversion of the actual entity itself, which isn't needed to receive the tax benefits. This is where it really pays, Rachel, to have quality professionals that assist you, right? That's one of the things that why we specialize in just these areas. We have about 2,000 clients and protect about $1.3 billion in assets across the country is, is because what we're able to do um, is filter in everybody what they need and say, what is the most efficient way for you to get started? Because you can't, a lot of people can't start by paying, you know, $10,000 for the super fancy, you know, stuff that you need when you're really high level, right? They need something that's simple that they can build on efficiently and that's flexible to change with them. And that's what my experience um, and Royal Legal Solutions experience is, is how do we do that, right? Because um, as an entrepreneur, every single dollar counts, right? So we have to make sure that we're spending it efficiently um, for, for now and for how we grow in the future. Yeah, I, you know, and I agree. And I think it's kind of this cart before the horse type of thing. You don't really know if you're going, the business is going to make it. So you don't want to do all the legal stuff. But, you know, the, the things that Scott and I see all the time is that it doesn't really necessarily matter how many customers you have. It could be one and you have a problem. And if you're not protected, that could be it. Your, your, your business is done before you even start. I mean, I'm sure you have stories like that. Do you have any like actual numbers to maybe show people that? The $300 from LLC in Texas is well worth the investment versus what someone lost in a lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have that one friend of mine, right, who lost $3 million from a single lawsuit because he had everything held in his personal name, right? So you, you can spend, you know, very little and be able to have huge amounts of protection in place. Like, it's really just as simple as saying, you know, what's the minim absolute minimum every entrepreneur should be doing um, is to just structure an LLC move all of your personal assets that you have into that LLC and continue to run the business in your personal name. So that way something can go wrong. The, customer, the client wants to sue you, whatever the case is, they're going to sue you, but you don't own anything. So the worst thing that happens to you is they hurt your credit score. They can't touch any of your assets because it's held inside this other LLC. That's not ideal, 
all you because now they can hurt your your credit score by suing you. So what you would do to eliminate that risk is establish that separate shell LLC to then prevent them from being able to harm you directly. And that's what that shell LLC would do in that case. Um, but but you have it time and time again is that what you really want for lawsuit protection is people to sue you and you don't care because. The moment that you actually have to start caring about a lawsuit is when you start having to pay attorneys a minimum of $5,000 to start taking the case to defend you in court, and then you pay them continually over time. Um, and if the case goes all the way through trial, you're usually spending about thirty dollars to $35,000. So how cool is it to be in a position where you can say, well, I have all of these protections put in place. Um, likely if they attack me, I'm totally protected. And even if they do succeed with it, you know, they're not really going to be able to get anything at all. Mm-hmm. And keeping in mind, again, like he had said before, if you are if you are a defendant of a lawsuit, you don't get to just walk away from it. You're committed to go through it. So hopefully you have your assets protected because you can't do any changes that are going to impact that at that point. One thing I wanted to clarify is when Scott's saying in your personal name, that doesn't mean that you're actually using your name in business. I know many people, they'll have online shops or they're bloggers and podcasters and they'll say, set up under a different name, but they never really took any steps with the state. So what I mean by set up is they get the website, they get the iTunes profile and they start working, right? You start taking money from sponsors, selling products, et cetera, but you never took the steps to become an LLC or something else. You may, you may not be using your own personal name, but there is no distinction between you personally and that company that is under a different name. You are all one. Everything can be touched at the same time. So Scott, tell me what it would be the next thing. If some people are listening and they're like, I've got my LLC on lock. What are some other steps for asset protection? Should they be mindful of? Yeah. So once you, once you go through the, that first LLC step, the next thing I would say is, is probably it's a good idea to have, you know, insurance that's appropriate for whatever the activities you're doing. And that's going to be known by your community or organizations that you're associated with. I'm going to say, Hey, you're doing this. You probably need this type of insurance. They're always going to have recommendations for you on those types of policies. You never want to rely just on a a holding company. um, If you can at all avoid it, because insurance is really good at getting rid of all of the nuisance people in your life because it just dumps all the problems in their lap. The reason why we don't rely just on insurance, even though they're effective, you know, maybe say 80% of the time is that 20% of the time they're not effective. They will, they won't cover the claim or it's too expensive for it. And then that's when an asset holding company comes in to help protect us to make sure that we don't have catastrophic loss, right. From a lawsuit um, with that. Now, once we start looking at what you can do with LLC structures, then it can get really cool really fast, right? You can start holding assets anonymously. You can hold your companies anonymously. Um, You can start looking at series LLC structures, especially if you're a real estate investor, to compartmentalize every single asset for free while having one bank account and one EIN number, um, et cetera. I've seen even entrepreneurs use a series LLC structure uh, to be able to launch multiple businesses without having to pay additional filing fees and operating fees and all of that for each new business they launch. 
I love it. I love it. So those of you that are very similar to me that build brands over and over in multiple industries, that right there is the answer because that was what I was going to ask anyways, is the answer what you would need to do to help kind of avoid having, you know, even more administrative burdens and money outlay. You're going to have some, but at least there are structures available uh, for you guys to be able to set up in that capacity. So we're looking at LLCs, then we're looking at, well, to multiple LLCs here, and then also having the proper insurances in place. Are there any other steps that the entrepreneurs listening can go and do in research today that can also help drive them towards a more uh, protected position? Yeah, I would really say the best information that exists um, is probably going to be on the royallegalsolutions.com website. We write a lot about this to outline for people of saying like, here is like the different levels that you can have for whatever, you, how much risk you want to take on, right? Because and innately, that's what we're all doing is saying, how much risk do I want to have and what can I actually afford and what makes sense for me, right? So what we've done is a really good job is about being outlining, you know, here's all the major strategies people use. Here's our approach, the way we think about it from, you know, because we're all entrepreneurs ourselves. Um, in the company. Um, we all owned businesses actually before we started working together in Royal Legal Solutions. Um, so we actually understand a lot about how would you, how do entrepreneurs think through what's going to be the right decision making for them. And um, so then, then you can select a level that makes sense to you. And we also have consultations that we offer to speak to a professional if you need help and guidance on what's going to make sense for you given you know where you're at now and where you project your growth in the next three to five years. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the Business Bites today, giving them a little bit of content of how they can protect their assets. Guys, you can find all of the show notes, all the links to Scott's website. This is episode 76, so it's going to be at rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 76. Hop over there, check them out, ask any questions, get involved, get protected, because there's no sense in building this business if you're just going to lose it. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbytespodcast.com. Until next time.